0: And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at uh, 4 p.m., and I am coming to you live today. It's uh, always, always a joy to be here live. I did pre-record yesterday because we had that wonderful event last night, Uh, Over at uh, Doylestown Hospital up in um, Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Where we had that uh, beautiful rosary uh, being prayed by uh, so many people who came out to pray for our friend Maria. And uh, I'm sorry, just making, had to make a couple of adjustments on some of our technology here. But uh, anyway, it was a lovely, lovely evening, and... uh, We were so grateful that we were able to be there and broadcast it live to pray for that miracle, and I hope you had a chance to join us uh, last evening. I know Maria and her family did uh, appreciate all the folks. In fact, I I was told by uh, her dad, Brian, who called us a little later on after that, um, that he was getting in for texts or calls from friends out in California who were praying along, and so that's the beauty of what God allows us to do here with the magnificent technology at our disposal, to be able to just come together. You know, we're, these days especially, we hear so much about staying apart, distancing, shuttering in, all the things that are, you know, an unfortunate um, reality in our world today as a, as a result of the, uh, the virus and the pandemic. Um, you know, I was thinking this morning, who would have ever thought six months ago, you know, as we entered into this new year, That uh, on July first, we'd all be in this type of situation that uh, just seems to keep perpetuating itself. I don't know, but you know, we have Jesus, and we have prayer, we have each other, and we can come together like this without any fear or anxiety because uh, the beauty of technology again to be able to be in each other's presence spiritually this way is a great thing. So I'm happy that you're here on this Wednesday. And, uh, of course, uh, we're heading into the 4th of July weekend. Now, tomorrow, uh, you know, I kind of decided to take a vacation day to, <laughs> to extend my 4th of July weekend. It's going to be a, it looks like it's going to be a nice day. I have some things to get done here in the morning. But then I think I'll, I'll head on out and start my 4th of July weekend a little early. Uh, Friday, uh, you're in for a real treat Friday at 4 o'clock. Cheryl and I will not be here, but we uh, put together for you a couple of hours of patriotic music. You know, and now we were, we were here today, uh, putting that together. And I said, you know, there's probably not one other radio station in the area, if, if not even more than that, beyond uh, that's going to be playing patriotic music tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock or Saturday at 12 o'clock tomorrow night at 10 when Friday live normally airs. So, and we were listening and, and just, you know, as it's these days, especially I, we have to pray for our country, uh. You know, I, I know many of you, if you're a baby boomer like me, you know, your, your parents lived through that Second World War that uh, was such a, a, a dire situation for the world if, if we had not fought and won. And I think about my dad who was in the Navy and he, he saw some, some battle time in and, and both the Atlantic and Pacific at, at 23, 24 years old fighting for our freedoms here. Uh, So we have to pray for our country because there's a lot of evil out there, and I will talk a little bit more about that. And let's pray first uh, right now. Um, Today, uh, Wednesday, normally Holy Father gives his Wednesday general audience. Well, um, in July and August, he takes a hiatus from that. He will not start his general audiences again until September, so I did, though, find something—I always find something very interesting uh, that applies. And he, today, the Holy Father, although not giving a um, general audience message, as I understand it, he did—I um, I don't know what it was—it was, it was, a, it was a, a message to the Catholic Press Association. And I'll share some of these words with you, because the Holy Father said and urged Catholic media to help young people— tell good from evil. And our our poor young people today, they're having, you know, and and I think through no fault of their own necessarily, but through their education, you know, their college, even their high school and grammar school, and sadly and unfortunately, in the family structure, just have not been so well formed enough in their faith to really know you know what is good and what is evil anymore, because the culture has so much distorted that. So I'll see what we'll see what the Holy Father has to say, and then uh, the second half of the program, we're going to go back uh, thirty years ago, when our dear beloved Pope John Paul II gave us this wonderful apostolic exhortation, uh, Familiaris Consortio, Familiaris Consortio on the on the family. And it was a beautiful apostolic exhortation on the family, and uh, again, we're going to be talking 30 years ago, it was 1981 that he gave it to us. Um, but at the very beginning of the document, he talks about the situation of the family in the world today, in 1981. <laughs> so we'll try to tie it all together, the Holy Spirit always does a good job of doing that. But first, my brothers and sisters, we are going to Pray. And so, as always, I invite you to join me and all of our family gathered from across our very wide listening areas here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but again, around the world, using all the means of technology that are provided, uh, that we're so blessed to be able to utilize, to proclaim the joy of the gospel. We have to hear this. People are so down and so negative and so uh, weighed down by the negativity of the, the, the culture and the polarizations that are out there, the division. And we, as disciples of Jesus, who have everything to be joyful about, to know that this world is passing, we're going to be out of here, you know, and we're going to be moving on and spending an eternal life with our Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Blessed Mother, Saint Joseph, all the angels and saints, and all those who have gone before us. The joy that we should be living every day, awaiting that great and glorious moment of transition from this life into the next, while we're here, to still have a joyful heart and to spread the good news. That's what Jesus told us to do while we're here. That's our job. So let's in prayer now come together. Let's pray for our country, especially this Fourth of July weekend. Pray that good overcomes evil in whatever way that has to happen, okay? That good overcomes the evil. That we see in our world today and especially in our country, let's pray for our president and all of our elected officials that they will always have hearts and minds open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in how this country is run and the direction this country goes in based on the basic principles the Judeo-Christian principles upon which it was founded life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that all people are created equal and endowed with rights given to us by God himself. Let's never forget these things. I, you know, the more I, I, uh, I wish I had paid more attention in history class when I was in high school. I'm really like starting to look back as during turning points in our nation's history I wish I had been a little bit more studious in that particular subject. Maybe it was we're not going to blame the instructors. I had wonderful teachers in both I didn't take history in college, but in high school. But it's, it it it's worth it going back and 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 going to really good, solid, truthful and authentic sources to see what this country both good and bad. They, we're not perfect. But we pray for perfection. We pray for uh, living those principles upon which the country was founded. So we pray for those intentions. And and again, my friends, please pray for our our dear young friend Maria in her hospital uh, in Doylestown. We had a wonderful prayer uh, time last night. We were able to broadcast it. People around the world praying the rosary for her for a miracle. And also pray for us here at the Apostolate. Of course, we're still waiting word on our transmitter situation Uh, As I said, about at least 38,000. But there are a few things in the fire right now that we're looking at and seeing what we can do. So just pray for us. God will take care of us, I know. And pray now, too. These months, July and August, these are the worst months for us financially every year. I don't know if it'll be different this year because of the coronavirus and more people are home. Everybody's listening. Habits have changed. Um, Their giving habits have changed. But in order for us to survive— In order for domestic church media to be here for you, to bring you the gospel 24-7, we need support. We need—that support only comes from our listeners. That's it. That's our source of support. We don't get any money from EWTM. We don't get any money from any diocese that we serve. We count on you, our family of listeners and viewers. So please help us out in whatever whatever way you can and pray that others do the same. So we'll pray the prayer that Holy Father gave us to uh, get us through this pandemic, praying to our Blessed Mother. And we begin, my brothers and sisters, as we begin all good things, that is, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who, at the foot of the cross, were united with Jesus' suffering and persevered in your faith. You know our needs, and we know that you will provide so that, as at Cana in Galilee, joy and celebration may return after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the will of the Father, and to do what Jesus tells us, for he took upon himself our suffering our burden, and burdened himself with our sorrows to bring us, through the cross, to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother. Praying as Holy Father asked us almost almost two years ago to pray these prayers every day. He asked every Catholic to pray these prayers every day with the specific intention of protecting the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray St. Michael the Archangel defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I do thank you for joining me today. And again, you can listen any way, you know, all of our radio stations. Now, 1260, I know, is kind of tough on the fringes. Because of our transmitter situation, we are basically, you know, flying on one one wing here, one engine. Uh, and we have to get a new transmitter. It's going to cost us 38, at least $38,000 to get that replaced. Um, so we're praying for a miracle there, a financial miracle there. But uh, I've been told by Nick, our engineer, that when we do that, because of the technology, the, you know, the... the um, Transmitter that we're using right now is over 30 years old. A new transmitter, obviously, 30 years newer, (laughs) brand new, um, would really have an impact, especially on the fringe areas of our radio signal. So if you're on the fringe areas, like in northern Hunterdon County or central Hunterdon County or uh, over in uh, central Bucks County or um, parts of Montgomery, northeast Philadelphia, Those signal areas would greatly increase, so you know it's a blessing in disguise when it happens. And I say when because I do believe that God will provide the thirty-eight grand that we need. Um, But anyway, so that right now we're kind of on the fringe. But you know, any other way, whether it's our station down in uh, Cape May, which also we're in in the midst of having a repair job done on the transmitter down there, uh, or or our, our what they call a blowtorch down there in uh, over in Freehold, 16,000 watt FM, which covers an enormous area, or our uh, cozy little station down in Hamilton, 1580. All these radio stations you can listen to, but especially now with technology available, listen anyway. You know, whether it be on our. And I hope you download our free mobile app. You can listen there any time, any day, any way. You could also watch because we're coming to you live right now on our uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com/slash Domestic Church Media. Also on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash Domestic Church Media. Streaming live also on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org live video. Uh, and you know, with these smart TVs now, you can put your YouTube right on your big TV, so you can watch us on the big screen. <laughs> I don't know if you want to put me on your big screen, but all these ways to, to watch and listen. And it's so important these days, my brothers and sisters, because the, the world is is slipping away in, in, in ways that you know we wouldn't have thought possible 20, 30 years ago. We have to bring people back into the church and today our Holy Father, or yesterday was July uh, June 30th. Uh, Pope Francis uh, wrote a, gave a message to the Catholic press, Association, and he appealed to journalists and media professionals to help break down the barriers of misunderstandings between people, but also told the world media that, that we need media that can help young people to distinguish between good and evil, presenting the facts in a clear and unbiased way. You know, you can't dispute truth, basically. Uh, And Holy Father, you know, said we need media capable of building bridges, defending life, uh, building down, uh, you know, breaking down invisible walls that prevent sincere dialogue and truthful communications between individuals and communities. We need media that can help people, especially the young, to distinguish good from evil, to develop sound judgments based on a clear and unbiased presentation of the facts. And to understand the importance of working for justice, social conc- concord, and respect for our common home. And, you know, you, you could take that to a, all levels, really, of, of interpretation. But but bottom line is we have to communicate, especially to young people, the truth of life and death, which is what we talk about here. We're talking about eternal life or eternal separation from Almighty God. That's the bottom line in all of this. You know, why do we do what we do? Why do we live how we live? Why do we bring our children up a certain way, teaching them right from wrong, good from bad, good from evil? And the world has so often inverted that, you know, to uh, change things in, in such a way, in dramatic ways, that what was once good is now considered evil. What was once evil is now considered good. You listen to the the the, the poor souls who promote uh, legalized abortion, and they promote it as a good thing. That it will help women, and it will help, uh, you know, even even would help the the child who's being. Murdered. to prevent that child from living in a life of poverty or suffering a lifelong uh, physical uh, disability or handicap. They use that. And our young people for now, how many decades, how many generations now have been, as St. Pope John Paul II used to say, and would talk often about being enculturated and today, too, you know, um, our young people, and when I say young, you know, it used to be we talked about young people, we talked maybe 18 to 21, <laughs> they, were, they were our young people, young adults, because um, when I was growing up, uh, remember, and those of you, again, who are, who are baby boomers like me or older, remember the, the days in, in, the, in the 1960s where the catchphrase was, don't trust anyone over 30, because they were establishment today young people are turning 30 and finally saying okay I guess I can't I don't I shouldn't be living with my mom and dad anymore and they're moving on to start their adult life many of them not all many but we have seen society indoctrinate especially our younger people through sadly uh, the means of um, organized education whether it be at the even starting in the grammar school level, but high school, certainly high school and and definitely college level where, you know, I remember when my, even when my kids were going to school, you know, when I went to school and you went to school, we did have history class. We had a history book. We had geography class. We had a geography book. I remember Miss Safco in fifth grade making us memorize state capitals. Do they even do that anymore? We had to have our state capitals memorized. We had to know where states were. We had to know. We had to be able to visually picture our country and and you know where the states were and what the capitals capitals of those states were. We we need to we needed to ne- learn about history because it was a part of who we are. You know, I, I enjoy going back and and. Looking over the history of my family, my sister, uh, one of my sisters uh, does that at um, Ancestry.com and has really traced the Manfredonia line all the way back to uh, central Italy into the 1740s, I think. And you go through from there to where we are today and see the history, where, where my family came from, who we are, what made us who we are. That's, that's, and that's, if you look at a country, it's the same thing. You look at the history of a country, what made that country what it is, good and bad. We learn from our mistakes, and we build on our successes. So we have to teach our children and Holy Father said the media, which is such a powerful, powerful force these days, as you know, has enormous influences. And, you know, our young people, I think, especially our millennials and the the generation after them, their source of media, of, of information, comes from social media. And you read so much information about that now, social media, and how they're biased in one way or another. And So Holy Father's reminding us, that we need to, especially as Catholic media, help the young people, especially young people, but all people, but especially young people, to distinguish good from evil, to develop sound judgments based on clear and unbiased presentation of the facts. That's what Pope Francis said yesterday. He said, We need men and women of conviction. To protect communication from all that would distort it or bend it to other purposes. In I was reading, again, talking about history, Um, in 1932, I think it was around 1932, Adolf Hitler, coming into power, um, began a um, department of propaganda they changed the name to something else I mean to information Something initially it was a but it was still propaganda and if I was reading it um, I don't know if I can find it real quick because it was to me it was very very fascinating um, let me see if I'm just going to go my real quick do my real quick search If I can find it, because it was, I I found it very, very fascinating. Um, Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. But it was, it was like he called it the Ministry of, well, I'm sorry, yeah, it was initially propaganda, then they changed it to the Ministry of Public Enlightenment. The Ministry of Public Enlightenment. And, um, In 1932, the Reich Ministry for Public Enlightenment and Propaganda. And what they did was, um, Joseph Goebbels, one of his ministers, uh, was in charge of it. And it began to use what do you think for this ministry of enlightenment? The media. Movies, magazines, newspapers, and they all would then begin to publish and report in the 1930s in this, through this um, Reich Ministry of Public Enlightenment and use the media, especially um, promoting anti-Jewish sentiment, but other things as well. To create this perfect race. And they were using the media, especially back in the 1930s. And I thought, you know, this is how powerful media was then, and even is more powerful now. And you see the importance then of the church having a place in the media. Why it's so important for us to be here, not as a tool of propaganda. But as a, a source of truth to broadcast to anybody, because we're not silenced yet, and that day may one may, may one day come. But we're still here. We still have the freedom to speak truth. We still have the freedom to proclaim the joy of the gospel. And you know, if you look at other media outlets and every other mainstream media outlet, I'm sorry. I don't care who it is. They all put a spin to their stories. Our spin here is is just truth. This is what Jesus taught us. This is what Christ ta- brought to the church and has, has his church has proclaimed faithfully for 2,000 years. So when Holy Father yesterday... In um, his message to Catholic media, the Catholic Press Association, um, telling that the media that we have to proclaim this difference between good and evil, especially to young people, because they're not getting it from anyone else. They don't know anymore what is truth and what is not truth. And I, when I was reading about that ministry of enlightenment in the Third Reich, I thought, wow, didn't we learn anything from that? Didn't we learn how if the media en masse all goes to tell the same information that the... Authorities are asking it to in a certain way, certain stories, whatever. You know, we hear the term today a lot, fake news. It's become a very popular phrase. We have to be careful of what we're taking to be truth. I saw something on Facebook today, some one of those memes And there was a story, oh, my goodness, it probably was three or four years ago, a very tragic, tragic situation of a a young child in a park in the Chicago area who was playing on the, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, who was playing it, but had a BB gun, pistol. And I guess whatever the situation, however it evolved, the police sadly, unfortunately, tragically shot and killed this child. They didn't know it was a BB gun. I mean, mean, he probably was older than he I don't know how old he was, but a child. Sad, tragic, horrible, never should have happened. But there was an image of that child saying that, you know, the police killed this child. And there was an image of the, I'm sure you've seen that you saw the story of the the man, the man and woman who uh, um, were protecting their home from protesters who broke into the gated community in, 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 a, in a crowd and he was afraid for his property and his life and he, he was holding a gun and they were saying how, you know, how wrong this was. They were comparing the two. It just didn't make any sense. But you see how they can be so uh, propagandized, you know, and we could... That's the, that's the very, very unfortunate part. So this is why it is so important, as Holy Father was talking yesterday, for Catholic media especially... To proclaim this truth boldly without compromise, the truth, really, that people need to hear. That beautiful quote from from Archbishop Sheen always rings out with me, you know. If you want people to remain the same, tell them what they want to hear. If you want them to change, tell them what they need to know. And Catholic media, we here at Domestic Church Media, and all Catholic media, we have an obligation 24-7 to tell people what they need to know. Because our goal here is to evangelize, to give people what they need to know, to encounter Jesus Christ and get to heaven. Okay, I'll take a break, when I'll get back. St. Pope John Paul II, his apostolic exhortation from 1981, the Midianis Consortio will share some wisdom and some great teaching there from John Paul II, the situation of the family in the world of 1981. Stay where you are, there's more to come on Come to Me. I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m., on these Domestic Church Media Stations. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. The Eucharist is the greatest of all the sacraments. Because it contains, in a substantial way, the person of Christ who is the author of life. It is the one sacrament to which all of the other sacraments look. Imagine six arrows in a circle, all pointing to a center. The center is the Eucharist. The six arrows are the other sacraments. The Eucharist is the sun around which the other sacraments revolve as planets. All the other sacraments share in its power, and they perfect themselves in the celebration of the Eucharist. It is a sacrament that is so sublime that human reason could never guess at it. Divine love is far deeper than we know. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant, yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com From East Brunswick to East Windsor. Newtown to Neptune. Farmingdale to Flemington. Spring Lake to Stockton. From Colts Neck to Columbia. New Hope to New Egypt. Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the Church. And welcome back, my friends, to the July 1st edition of Come to Me, July 1, 2020. Oh, halfway through the year. What the next 180 days hold? Who knows? Who knows? You know, it's been a wild ride in the first uh, half of this year, and uh, we need a lot of prayer. We need a lot of prayers. A lot going on out there. That I don't know about you. I'm sure you do. If you're good people of faith, I, you, I, I find it very disturbing. Um, but I know, I always have to keep reminding myself that the Lord is in charge. He's not going to abandon his people. And, you know, we may have to suffer a little trial every now and then. But we know, you know, as people of faith, we know what what our ultimate destination is. Our ultimate citizenship is heaven. <laughs> That's you know, this, this weekend, we're going to be celebrating. I hope you're hanging your flag. I hope you put your flag out. You know, we need to be, we need to once again, stand up and be proud of our country for, you know, many, we've had many, many faults and and many, you know, I mean, I I would, I was sharing with the people that, you know, my mom, I've told you, my mom would tell the story when she was, my mom graduated high school at 16. She was, in, in New York in those days, I don't know why they, they rushed them through. She was just a smart kid. And then went to work because her mom was, was a widower. And uh, my mom, would, she lived in the Bronx. And she would take the train all the way down to Wall Street. She had a job as a secretary down on Wall Street. But in order for her to get the job, she had to change her last name, legally change her last name. Her her last name was uh, Chinchola, ended in a vow, obviously being all Italian, and she legally changed it to Chinsley, <laughs> so she can get a job because they would not hire Italians. Most companies, I guess, most people weren't hiring Italians. There were stories of people of the FBI breaking into Italian American homes and questioning their loyalty to the country and think So we have, I know we have a you know unfortunate history in, in certain areas you know but we have to keep growing and improving based on learning from our errors and you know a million people a year want to come and live here become citizens and there's a reason for that and so we want to keep building on the positive learning from and correcting the negative and keep building on all that is positive about this country. I'm proud of my country. We hang our flag every day outside of our house. (laughs) You know what? Again, I read letters my dad wrote during the war. I look at pictures and I've been starting to pay a bit more attention to the history of our country, especially, you know, in the 20th century. And how twice, you know, there were two world wars and we came close to a third. And for all the faults that we have, and we have had many leaders with many faults. You know, you can talk about the great presidents that there have been, and even some of them have had their personal flaws, character flaws, and sinful flaws, some of them. But we're all sinners. So this weekend, we celebrate our independence, and we should celebrate our freedoms. And we should thank God and put God back into the country. You know, our currency says in God we trust, not in men, but in God we trust. You know, when, when Governor Cuomo a while back said, God didn't do this, we did this. <laughs> oh, Governor Cuomo. You better, uh, <laughs> you're supposed to be a good cat. Well, he says he's a good Catholic man. I, I don't know the state of his soul, but we pray for him. So anyway, let's just let's just thank God for the gift of the United States of America. And as a, as the song says, America the beautiful, mend thine every flaw, right? And we we, we pray that we, we can continue to move forward in in freedom and and based on the country what the country was founded upon. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. All men and women are created equal in the sight of God. So that being said, if you want to celebrate, and you, know tomorrow is – sorry, Friday is the official observance of the 4th of July. That's the holiday, so to speak, uh, although the 4th is on a Saturday, so it's kind of a double holiday. Um, Cheryl and I will not be here Friday. We're taking the day off, and i will take the day off tomorrow, actually, too, so I'll kind of extend my weekend a little bit. Uh, but Friday, where we normally have Friday Live, uh, Cheryl and I are going to – we put together a couple of uh, – um, Hour-long music sets for you. Two hours of patriotic music. So, probably not another another radio station in the whole state, or the whole tri-state area playing patriotic music. uh, (laughs) Like we're going to be playing uh, Friday and Saturday. Friday at four o'clock, when whenever Friday Live would have aired. Friday at four o'clock. Friday night, ten o'clock, and then Saturday at noon, uh, on the fourth. So, if you're out having your barbecue or uh, whatever way you're celebrating. Put on our station, and you'll have some background, good, uh, rousing, patriotic music to make you feel good about your country. Um, and then we'll be back next Friday, God willing, uh, for Friday Live. So uh, as I said, I will not be here tomorrow. Put a repeat on, and uh, or Friday. We'll have the music for you. I'll be back, God willing, next Tuesday, the 7th. Uh, Monday, this coming Monday, uh, July 6th, will be uh, first Monday in July. And that means our dear friend, Bruce DeBacco, will be here live at 3 o'clock for his program, Come to the Throne. So we're going to invite you to, again, call in for prayer. And uh, whatever your special needs, urgent needs, prayer requests are, you'll be invited to call in and pray with Bruce over the air or text us or email us. But um, we welcome that. I know Bruce does, too. He loves coming down here. And praying with you over the years. that's live, 3 o'clock, this coming Monday, July 6th, the first Monday in July. And pray for our transmitter. You know, it's, we still have the old one here. I'm waiting to hear a few things. I'm waiting for that $38,000 to drop out of the sky. <laughs> so we can just get this signal out powerfully and richly and get it out there and let the Holy Spirit work through everything we do here. All right, let's go to St. Pope John Paul II, Familiaris Consortio. Back in 1981, there was a uh, synod of, of bishops, um, and they got together to um, discuss family. And when there's a synod, the Holy Father will then write an apostolic exhortation uh, on based on what was discussed and was taught, was taught in this particular uh, apostolic exhortation, 1981. Uh, Saint Pope, I think 80 or 81. I'm going to keep saying I keep saying 81. I don't know. Am I correct? Uh, let's see. I thought it was 81, but I may be wrong. Um, it is 81. November of 81. So almost 82. Uh, but this was uh, Familiaris Consortio, and it, the translation is on the role of the Christian family in the modern world. And this was, again, ni- 1981. It was a result of the Synod of 1980 of uh, bishops that took place prior to this, obviously. And it's, it's a beautiful document. It's one of the first. One of the first documents, that, uh, papal documents, that I ever really read or studied, so to speak. Um, And you can find all of these. They're on the Vatican website. If you go to www.vatican.va.com, you can look these things up. Um, But in this particular document, again, I'll, I'll, I'll... Just take little little bits of it. And this is the beginning uh, section of the document where uh, John Paul wrote that our age needs wisdom. Again, we're talking 1981. Our age needs wisdom. John Paul wrote, The whole church is obliged to a deep reflection and commitment so that the new culture now emerging may be evangelized in depth, true values acknowledged the rights of men and women defended and justice promoted in the very structures of society in this way the new humanism will not distract people from their relationship with god but will lead it to them more lead, it, uh, lead them to it more fully now this is when and i again prior to this particular paragraph he was talking about the the uh, interjection of humanism into culture into society he called it the new humanism. And with that, you know, you, you, you begin to allow yourself to separate from God. And Holy Father said the church is obliged. Again, this is John Paul too. The church is obliged to a, a commitment so that this new culture that is emerging may be evangelized. And that, you know, we've seen sadly now, this is 30 years ago, so it's more than a generation of families, children, parents who dropped the ball, so to speak, <laughs> of passing on the faith. Our, our church teaches us that the, the family, the parents, are the first heralds of the faith to their children. If they don't do it, and they don't pass on the faith, that's where it ends for that family line. Look back on your own family history. You know, I was, uh, sometimes we're, sure we're, we're, and I will have conversation about, you know, our kids when they went to school. And we sent our kids, we had the opportunity and the ability, thanks be to God, to send them to Catholic schools. We sent them to our parish school uh, in their elementary years, and, and it was a very good, good school. I remember... The principal who was there for most of the time they were there was, would bring them to adoration on Fridays. They went to mass regularly. They went to confession regularly. It was just a, you know, so it was, it was a good environment. We were very comfortable with them being there. And our conversation sometimes, we'll talk about their friends and families we knew during those years. and. We'd say, you know, whatever happened to so-and-so, or, or, or and, when, and most of them don't go to mass anymore, don't go to church anymore. They, they, they just stopped the families. They just—they just—at the end of the line, I guess, as far as the faith goes for those families. And that said, and it's not unique— To any one socioeconomic group, sadly, we're seeing, that's why we're seeing emptying pews and things. And people can point the fingers and blame everything, you know, many varied, wide reasons why these things are happening. From the church on down to other influences and factors. But it, it goes back to the individual heart. You know, I, we've all we've lived through a lot of the, the stuff that's out there, right? You know, we've gone through so much uh, stuff over the past 20 years with the priest scandal and things. We would have every human reason to leave the church, wouldn't we? We didn't. You know why? Because I'm not here for men. I'm here because Jesus is here. I'm not here because of some priest. I'm not here because of some uh, bishop or cardinal or pope. It, paid, it helped to have good, you know, have contact with and like a good saint like John Paul II, leading the church and, and good bishops and good priests and other good men and women religious and other good men and women lay people. But that aside, I'm, I'm not staying in this church because of them. I'm staying in this church because this is the church that Jesus Christ founded. And he is present in this church. Substantially really truly present in this church so Holy Father John Paul said that the church was obliged to 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 battle this this new humanism that was creeping in to society and all the things that came with it he said it becomes necessary in 1981 it becomes necessary therefore on the part of all to recover an awareness of the primacy of moral values which are the values of the human person as such. The great task that has to be faced today for the renewing of society is that of recapturing the ultimate meaning of life and its fundamental values. Only an awareness of the primacy of these values enables man to use the immense possibilities given him by science in such a way as to bring about the true advancement of the human person In his or her whole truth, in his or her freedom and dignity, science is called to ally itself with wisdom. And then he quoted from the Second Vatican Council. He said, and these words can be applied to the problems of the family. Our era needs such wisdom more than bygone ages if the discoveries made by men... Are to be further humanized, for the future of the world stands in peril unless wiser people are forthcoming. And Holy Father John Paul wrote, The education of the moral conscience, which makes every human being capable of judging and of discerning the proper ways to achieve self-realization according to his or her original truth, thus becomes a pressing requirement that cannot be renounced. Modern culture must be led to a more profoundly restored covenant with divine wisdom. Every man is given a share of such wisdom through the creating action of God, and it is only in faithfulness to this covenant that the families of today will be in a position to influence positively the building of a more just and fraternal world. And you see, when you remove that divine wisdom. This is why in our prayer today, you know, we pray, and I've been trying to pray it, when we pray for our president, our elected officials, those who uh, we put into office and pay their salaries to represent us because the government is a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, not for, uh, politicians, and not especially for lifelong politicians that they be guided by divine wisdom to lead this country and keep this country in a course and in a direction that is congruent with the basic Judeo-Christian values upon which it was founded and for who we say we are as a people And as we allow this divine wisdom to be, as they say, put on the back burner and count and depend totally and completely on our own wisdom as mere men and women, especially those in positions of power who legislate and sign into law, ways upon which we're going to be expected to live if it's not through and by and directed in divine wisdom we're going to see what we're seeing again this was 1981 from john paul ii we need to educate the moral conscience of everyone try discussing that with some people today because John Paul said the education of the moral conscience makes every human being capable of judging and discerning the proper ways to achieve self-realization according to his or her original truth, thus being uh, becomes a pressing requirement that cannot be renounced. Moral conscience. Whew. You wonder <laughs> today, you know... And actually, it is no wonder why things are happening today the way they happen. Um, I'm going to try to skip here because we don't have a a lot of time. Holy Father John Paul did discuss enculturation. He said, in conformity with her constant tradition, the Church receives from the various cultures everything that is able to express better the unsearchable riches of Christ only with the help of other cultures will it be possible for these riches to be manifested ever more clearly and for the Church to progress towards a daily, more complete and profound awareness of the truth which has already been given to her in its entirety by the Lord. You see, this is the beauty, and this is we people say. You know, when you're Catholic, and, and this is the Church we know to be the one true Church Founded by Christ himself, every other denomination, Christian denomination, churches that have denominated from the Catholic Church, were begun by men. But as far as the Catholic Church goes, been here for 2,000 years because it was Jesus himself who gave the keys of the kingdom to Peter, the first pope. and we in our deposit of faith have the fullness of all truth everything that we need in the truth that will set us free and bring us home to the lord has been given to this church by jesus himself to divine revelation And so you can see why the church is such a, an enormous target for those secular humanists, those who want no part of divine wisdom. And so the church is under horrible attack, has been for 2,000 years. I mean, you know, we talk about the, the priest scandals of this century, these past two decades— the first priest scandal took place at the Last Supper when Judas betrayed our Lord and walked out. It's been happening ever since then. Not right, obviously, no defense for it, indefensible. But we know, as Jesus promised, that the church will be here until the end of time. The gates of hell will never prevail against her. So when we talk about what our responsibilities are as family, and I didn't even get to where I wanted to get today, so we'll go back to this next week, um, because it's a beautiful teaching on the family. And again, John Paul wrote this in 1981, so 30 years ago, but even more so today, uh, because a lot has changed in the past 30 years, even as far as family goes. The culture has been trying to redefine what family is. The culture has tried to redefine what marriage is, and Mother Church has been at the fore throughout every one of these situations and episodes defending the family, defending marriage as a union between one man and one woman, period. But Holy Father in 1981, St. Pope John Paul II gave us this, and again, I, I didn't even get to where I wanted to get to, so we'll, move on to that uh, next week. Now, I'm going to go. Tomorrow, I'm going to start my uh, little 4th of July weekend tomorrow, so I won't be here. I'll put a repeat on. Cheryl and I will not be here Friday, so we're going to give you two hours of patriotic music on July 3rd at 4 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, again at noon on Saturday, July 4th. Have a great 4th of July weekend, my friends. Thank you for being a part of my day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you, and God love you.